Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at a time. This episode of The Read Along is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you choose Park Power, you're choosing a positive local business. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits who are working to make a difference for their communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kozowski, and we love local at the Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. You can learn more right now at parkpower.ca. Spent a weekend at the lake. That's not entirely true. We spent spent a a day day at the lake lake. (laughs) Uh, this past weekend. And it was a fun time. Oh, I had a lovely time. Got to spend a little bit of time with some friends in the outdoors. Mm -hmm. Everybody did the little COVID poke first, so (laughs) we knew everybody was negative going into it. It was really uh, quite sweet. Uh, and I thought pretty awesome. Uh, we had a big group chat going for everyone involved, right? To organize who's bringing what and, and such. And um, everybody started posting pictures of their COVID tests. Yes, all <laughs> of them like, negative. So everybody knew we were all negative. It was it was very reassuring. It was yeah. a nice thing that we did. Got to uh, spend a little bit of time uh, down at the beach. Oh, our with, kids loved it. With, uh, got to roast a hot dog on the fire. Yeah. Which our kiddos also loved. It was good times. It was good times all around. Yeah, good time. It's a shame we couldn't have spent the weekend. Unfortunately. Our friends had had rented this little uh, camping area for a couple days, and uh, they were spending several consecutive days. We only really could go down for the day, but it was a fun time. Yeah. Um, maybe next time, if there is a next time, we'll organize it a little better and be able to stay longer than a day. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, other stuff going on. Life uh, got in the way. And uh, we couldn't make it happen, but uh, we were able to make it down for a bit, and that was nice. Oh, it was lovely. So, little update on what's going on with us this summer, I suppose. <laughs> we are taking breaks. It's nice. It is nice, uh, especially after the last couple months, which have been super busy for us. Yeah. And we have another break coming, which will also be nice. Vacations, yeah. everybody. Take them. They're good for you. Yeah, they are good for you. But I guess uh, we'll get into our little reading break now yeah with a uh, brief recap of our previous chapter chapter 18 in which uh murders happen (laughs) filthy bloody murther yes the murders uh are becoming quite blatant uh much much more blatant yes terribly blatant (laughs) we uh we lose both nile and tamson and reyna realizes there is terrible danger and uh escapes into basically like the mechanic office yeah that's pretty much where we left her at the end of chapter 18 as we move into chapter 19 of Screams from the Void by Ann Tibbets. So we have another of our flashbacks. Yeah. This went to 14 months ago. Yes. So pretty early in Raina's relationship with Morvan. Right. Before everything took that turn for the worse. Yeah, the the luster is still on the relationship at this point. And it's interesting because basically Raina laments about Osric to Morvan in a, in an intimate moment uh, about what a jerk he is. And Morvan just kind of like jokingly, wink, suggests maybe they could just 
kill that guy in his sleep and make it look like an accident. And Raina's like, ha ha, you're so funny, ha ha. And this just tells me that Raina's been ignoring warning signs about Morvin. Oh yeah. For a while. Right? Prior to it all going badly. I, I know I posited last chapter that maybe it was the horrible slime and the terrible rash that it like pushed him over the edge. No, I was wrong. Having read this, I was wrong. He is stone cold inside. He was absolutely capable of murder well before the scary rash happened. It's possible that he never would have acted on it prior to like the current situation. But yeah, the capacity for it was definitely there. Oh, yeah. Long before this. And again, and I said this earlier, like the rash is not an excuse for his actions. No. In the least. Agreed. Because Pollock says the rash and she's not acting like that. Yet. And her her rash is significantly more prolonged. (laughs) But we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Yeah. It's not technically spoilery, but we haven't reached that part in the chapter yet. Yeah. I have a question now. Okay. Knowing what we know from last chapter and all of this chapter, Mm -hmm. which we will get to, does Morvan count as a serial killer? I mean, he has killed more than one person, so yes, that means that he has killed in a serial fashion. That's what I mean. Is is the definition of a serial killer simply murders in a series? Like, is that all it takes to be defined as a serial killer? That you kill people, <laughs> like several people in a row? I, I would argue yes. Okay, excellent. Now I know. Okay. Great. Things keep getting better. So uh, now we've got a movie monster and a movie slasher both on board. <laughs> Good times. We cut back to the present, and Reyna is working on a do-it-yourself project <laughs> in the mechanic workshop. Uh, basically, first things first, she knows she needs to defend herself, and she needs more than just a hatchet to do it. Yes. So she's jury-rigging something because she noticed how the Kepler had reacted when the control panel to the escape pod had been hacked with a machete. Yeah, it was all sparky and electrical and Yeah, and it zappy. had kind of recoiled a bit. And so she basically, we, we don't find out until a little later in the chapter exactly what she's building, but she's building essentially a cattle prod. Yeah, basically it's a makeshift taser. Which runs off of the, the energy cells from the, the laser guns, yeah. which we already know are virtually useless. <laughs> well, not anymore. While she's working, what we kind of anticipated was going to happen, happened. Morvin begins trying to gaslight her from the other side of yeah. the door. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you called this one. Oh, yeah. I think it was you that, that he said, was going to be like, oh, Rain, I wasn't aiming for you, baby. It's it's all good. It's all right. Let me explain. Just, I can like, explain. Yeah, basically exactly what I called. Because this is his MO. Yeah. This is This perfectly falls into his pattern. Yes. And thank you. God, she's finally not listening to him. Yeah, no, she essentially tells him to just go and shove off. (laughs) Yes. Using much harsher language. Yes. Which we will not repeat on this family-friendly podcast. Yes, we are family-friendly podcast. (laughs) And uh, basically just kind of focuses on her project long enough that he kind of goes away. And we'll find out later it's because he went to go and splint his leg. Yeah. Because she had broken his knee. Good for her. Yeah. She finishes her cattle prod and decides, okay, well, I've dealt with that. I still need a way off the ship. And so she kind of hits upon the idea that she could maybe kind of jury rig a new panel for the escape pod. Just like a one-use thing that she could wire in. Yeah. But before she has a chance to really work on it, her time runs out. Yes. And she can hear the Kepler in the air vent. Yes. In that, that heads into her workstation. So she braces herself basically to confront the Kepler because she's like, I can try to knock it out or scare it off. That's probably easier than trying to deal with Morvin, who's probably still outside the door. She doesn't know that he's left for a little bit. Yeah. Well, all she knows is that she can't hear him anymore because he stopped yelling. But he could still be out there. Yeah, he absolutely could be. 
He could be just outside the door in wait with his machete. Yeah. So she charges up her cattle prod and she waits until basically she can practically see the yellows of the Kepler's <laughs> eyes. And she cattle prods it. Like right in the chin. Yeah. Like she hides under the air vent, which is very smart. Good for her. And waits until it like peeks its head out and just and zaps it right in the chin. Yeah. Now it recoils back up the air vent. <laughs> yeah. Startled. And angered, but unfortunately not incapacitated. No. And this was not surprising to me. I wasn't surprised either, because if energy weapons don't hurt it... Yeah, resistance to energy. We already established yeah, exactly. This. So exactly. Uh, I the... think that's what I wrote down, was energy resistance. Yeah. So while it does certainly uh, startle it and send it skittering away for a moment to figure out what's going on, it's not oh, no. significantly damaged. She didn't it. kill it, but it felt something. Oh yeah, she was actually hoping that it would be incapacitated yeah. and knock it out for a while, but she's not so lucky. And the Kepler basically starts coming for another go at her, and she realizes, well, I have to get out, because yeah, I've only got one more charge. And she's and she's basically trapped in there with it otherwise. Yeah, so she cranks open the door and races down the hall, basically assuming that Morvin's going to be out there and hoping that she can just outrun him. And he is, having returned, having splinted his leg, and he tries to catch her, actually, but she just cattle prods him instead. Yeah, Um. but okay, pause point. Um. If he's got his leg in a splint, he's probably not running very fast. No, but right? he caught her going by. Oh, yeah, I know. But chasing her was not that much of an option, And was is it? entirely not an option because his, whereas oh, yeah. <laughs> the Kepler was largely not affected by the cattle prod, Morvin is a thousand percent. It is super effective. Oh, yeah. It takes him down like a sack of hammers. Yeah. He just pitches over and is done. And <sighs> he knocks the cattle prod out of her hands and she doesn't have time to go back for it. But she does manage to slam the door, which then gets dented by the Kepler racing at it. Yeah. And she bolts because she needs to get away, basically. And she doesn't know how much time she has before the Kepler gets back into the air vent and before Morvin maybe wakes up. Right. Assuming that he wasn't killed by the shock. Well, I don't think she checked to see if he was breathing. No, she definitely didn't. I mean, let's be fair. He's not dead. No, she she <laughs> did crank it up to Kepler levels. Yeah. So, so certainly enough to knock him down. He sure felt it. Oh, yeah. And of course he would knock it out of her hand because even unconscious, that's the kind of jerk he is. Yeah. Then we cut to catching up with our dear friend Pollux. Yay! At last! Who has been unconscious for a while. Must have been, yeah. yeah. So basically we find out what happened in the greenhouse. The Kepler took a dive at her, knocked her down. I believe she banged her head. And before she lost consciousness, it took a sniff at her and then left her alone. Yeah. So... Confirmed, alien slime makes you Kepler-proof. Apparently. Yeah. So now, okay, does this mean the Kepler's not going to go after Morvin? Sadly, yes. Ugh. Because, and I had posited this earlier, of course, we're going to find out that the slime somehow makes it so the Kepler doesn't want to attack you, and of course Morvin's covered in it, so of course he's now Kepler-proof. Because that's just, everything always comes up Morvin. Now, the bad news for Morvin is, that also saved Pollux's life. Yes. It means that Reyna's the only person left on the ship who is currently under threat from the Kepler. Yes. Unless they can get a hold of some slime, and I don't think they can. Uh, but you might not want the slime either, because the side effect of being Kepler-proof is terrible. I know. It's a horrible <laughs> rash and a terrible fever. Like, Pollux itches her scalp so hard that she draws blood at oh, one yeah. point in this chapter. Like, it's unbearable. And she's at the point of, like, hallucinating. Now, that could be partly due to the concussion. <laughs> okay, the, the note I have at the very start of this chapter is that <laughs> this is a chapter full of people talking to other people who aren't there, 
Reyna has a, a brief conversation with Osric in her head, yep. even though he's dead. And Pollux has this whole hallucination with her mother, yep. which is a little bonkers. Where her mom basically is like, stop being a baby, get up, deal with this problem like a man. This, <laughs> this whole chapter is one weird space fever dream. Yeah. Pollux basically realizes that she needs to figure out how to get out of the greenhouse or how to get someone to get her out of the greenhouse because she is still locked in. Yeah. But also she has to deal with the monster on board and that monster is not the Kepler. No. First so, things first, got to deal with more. So calling way, way back to our good friend Ron who pointed it out and who I totally agreed with. Yes, we have a killer. And we have a monster, and only one of them is an alien. We switch back to Reyna after our little catch-up with Pollux and confirmation that she is indeed still alive. Her story has not ended yet. <laughs> Hooray! And Reyna has made her way up to the flight deck, because she's realized that if she can't get to the escape pod, she has to be able to do something with the ship. The first thing she decides to check is on the signal that was sent out, the distress signal, and discovers no signal was sent. <laughs> Morvin lied to her yes. about sending the signal. And at first she's like, why? Because she can't fathom why he would make this big deal about hiding from Nile that he had sent a signal that he hadn't sent. Why was he tr lying to her about sending the signal? And it kind of comes to her all at once. Oh, because he had intended to kill us all all along. His plan was to be the sole survivor. He was going to kill the Kepler, kill the crew, and then send the signal. So that when the rescue ship came, he could be the big, soul-surviving hero, and he could spin the story however he wanted. Yep. And he could be given the hero's welcome. Like, that's just confirmation of her worst fears. He had always intended to kill her. Now, I'm going to turn this a little bit. I think when Morvin was trying to get her to open the door, it is possible that he was trying to get her back on side. Not because he was trying to kill her immediately. Because he could have taken a swing at her with his machete when she came out the door, but he grabbed her to try to talk to her. He did not immediately try to kill her. I think his broken leg changed his rubric. I think he realized, oh. I need help to kill the Kepler now because I'm injured. I need Reyna back on side. And so he was going to try to win her back over. They were going to find the Kepler and kill it together. And then, then he was, was going to kill, kill her. her. Yes. I think that that's the, the math that he was doing there. Wow, is he so broken. Ugh. But uh, yeah, this basically confirms to Reyna Mm -hmm. that his plan was murder all along. Oh, yeah. The only other thing I could possibly think of is that he had to put down his machete to put his leg in a splint. But even then, he the the outcome is still the same. He is he was going to kill her. It, ultimately, yes. Yeah. No matter when, somewhere in the plan was kill Reyna. Yeah. Either now or later. So Reyna, number one, sends out the distress signal finally. She's like, screw it. I'm sending out the mm -hmm. distress signal. She sends out a signal that's basically like, hey, we need help. There's an alien on board. It's killing everyone. Also, uh, there's a mutiny. Hostile foreign biological mutiny send reinforcements. Basically, Something yeah. like that, I think is what she said. Now, this doesn't necessarily completely scuttle Morvin's plan. No. Because he could still be the sole survivor and be like, oh, someone else did a mutiny. That mutiny that you heard about? It that was another guy. It wasn't me. I, don't, I didn't. I, I don't mutiny. I don't mutiny. I'm, I am good guy. I am hero. I would not mutiny. Exactly. No mutiny here. But uh, it definitely does put a bit of a wrinkle in things. Um, the other thing she tries to decide is, should she engage the autopilot? Because the ship can fly itself back to Earth, but there are risks. Well, fly back to Earth, yes. Avoid things in the way. Less so. Less so. Land by itself. 
Absolutely not. Impossible, yeah. And, and Reina, this was, Reina can't do these things. No, and th- I mean, this was something that was established earlier. Really, the only two people on board who could have docked with a space station or landed the ship were the captain mm-hmm. and the pilot. The folks on the flight deck who died first thing. Yeah. So there's no one who can stop this ship once it's in motion, basically, other than to maybe slow it down. Yeah. So it is a tremendous risk. And ultimately, she kind of decides not to. No. Which, on the one hand, getting closer to Earth makes it easier for someone to save her. But on the other hand, there are lots of risks between here and Earth that she can do nothing about. That She's adding on these extra risks. It kind of defeats the purpose of surviving Morvan and the Kepler to then die in a fiery crash. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Just bad options all around. But I, I do think she made the right choice in not engaging the autopilot. At least at this time. At this time. Yeah. For in this moment right now. Well, and she has a solid plan for getting the escape pod working again. She just doesn't have the time or capacity to do it at the moment. If they could neutralize the Kepler and Morvan, she and Pollux could potentially still get out in the escape pod. Yes. But at this moment, she doesn't know that Pollux is awake. That's true. And alive. <laughs> so at the moment, all she knows is that she has to deal with the Kepler and Morvan. Yes. And that's where we end. Basically, yeah. That's like end of chapter. She has done a good thing by sending a distress signal. Well, Niall would disagree with that. (laughs) In her situation in this moment, thinking that she is the only survivor, and the message she sent was solid. It wasn't just Mayday. Yeah. Right? There was information in it that was useful. And basically, it, it does kind of include a message like, there's still a monster on board. She says, send reinforcements. So, like, send armed people. Yeah. Things have gone horribly wrong. She doesn't have time to, like type out a lengthy explanation. She might not be able to. It might be 140 characters or less. <laughs> She's allowed to tweet back to base. <laughs> she has, so she has to be succinct. Okay, so now that we've reached the end, this is what I want to know. Who's going to meet who first? My feeling is that Reyna might meet up with Pollux first. Morvan's out. But is Pollux going to encounter an unconscious Morvan? Or worse, a conscious Morvan? Pollux needs to get out of the greenhouse first, and we know that the greenhouse is basically just several floors down from the flight deck. My guess is Pollux is going to be able to make enough racket down there that Raina's going to go and investigate and realize Pollux is still alive and locked in the greenhouse. She already has reason to believe that Morvan tried to kill Pollux. In fact, at this point, she probably believes Morvan did kill Pollux. So getting another ally on board would be helpful. My guess is that Pollux and Reyna meet up first. And the Kepler's just in the wind. So it could be like, there's no safe place to be from the Kepler. No, not really. Yeah. Like, is the, if Pollux encounters the Kepler before she encounters another person, that would be interesting. But Pollux will not get eaten by the Kepler. No, that's why Kepler, it would be interesting. Like the Kepler what would had happen? its chance and decided she was spoiled meat. So, well, I don't know, spoiled meat, or maybe the slime is like a familiar thing. Could be right. The point is, we know that Pollux is immune from Kepler, and we can deduce so too is Morvan. Then, hmm. which again points me back to my question from last episode or the episode before: Who's going to be the final boss? Is hmm. the final boss Morvan? Or the Kepler. I'm still leaning on the Kepler. Me too. If, if I had if I had to guess right here, right now, I'd say the final boss is the Kepler. Uh this and this is <laughs> I was about to say with all due respect to Morvin, but really not. The Morvin Kepler is deserve any respect. The Kepler is a more formidable enemy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so No offense, Morvin. So my guess is that the Kepler is going to be the final Except boss. Except I don't I mean it. Be, offense, Morvin. I could be wrong. 
but that's that's my feeling. No, I'm with you on that. I think I think the Kepler's our final boss here. That uh, Reyna and Pollux are going to team up and deal with Morvin first, and then the Kepler will be will be the final obstacle to their probable escape. My guess is that they might escape on the escape pod. So that would be good, getting out on an escape pod. So this was chapter 19 of 23. So we've got four chapters left. Yeah. Which means we're closing in on the end of this book. It's true. Now might be a good time to uh, refresh your memory if you're a longtime listener and uh, let you know if you're a new listener, the format of our podcast, uh, which is to say that if there are four chapters left in this book, there are five episodes left on this book. Yes. We will do the last four chapters. And then after that, we do an episode where we do full book club on the book. Nita comes up with some book clubby questions, and we do like a final analysis and take a look at the entire book in context. Yeah. Uh, rather than the chapter by chapter dissection we've been doing so far. Yeah, we do. We do a, the work as a whole. Indeed, if you will. That is also the episode where we will announce our new book. Hooray! And then we basically just carry on with the next book, <laughs> the week after that. As you do. So uh, sometime in the next couple weeks, we'll probably put out a poll on social media, seeing maybe what genre we should do next. Yeah. And. Uh, You'll want to keep an eye out for that. Yes, please. Yeah. But I guess uh, with that said, that's where we'll kind of wrap up for this week. Yep. You'll want to read up on chapter 20 in time for next week. And uh, in the meantime, you know, Morvin broke his leg. Uh, he got cattle prodded. It, clearly, workplace accidents are happening all over the place on this ship. And uh, as we await the Asha investigation that will likely ensue, we have to wonder, for all of the people who were injured, what kind of benefits might be able to help them. And the good news is, if you're a small business owner running your own small uh, space fleet and uh, you need to uh, get some insurance, you can look to Alberta Blue Cross to help you out. This episode of The Read Along is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Even if you're a busy business owner with more meetings than hours in a day, you are calm and collected when your group benefit plan is taken care of by Alberta Blue Cross. Your employees can manage their own health, dental, life, and disability coverage online, anytime, on any device, making it easier for them and for you. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. Yeah, Alberta Blue Cross. Woo! Supporting the Alberta Podcast Network. Health benefits for the win. Indeed. Uh, you can find out more about them and the other sponsors of the network by checking out the website, albertapodcastnetwork.com. While you're there, you'll find a plethora of other podcasts for your perusal. Uh, you can probably find them on your podcatcher of choice. While you're there, that might be where you're catching our pod. We're on more of them now. Yeah. So uh, definitely check that out. And while you're there, uh, give us a little rating and a review because that helps us out. It would. We would demonstrate our appreciation to you on social media. <laughs> Absolutely. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. We are at The Read Along on most of those. Yeah, you can also send us an email. Absolutely. We are TheReadAlong at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time. That fever dream is definitely one for the VFX department, eh? Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com. <laughs>